this morning was one of the, I kind of always say this, one of the most epic moments of my life. I think every moment is epic. Problem is we don't see it. I think sometimes God wants to always try to bring us up here so that we actually don't live as mere mortals. We live as the sons and daughters of God and Jesus is everywhere calling us upward and showing himself. But this morning was one of the most epic moments of ministry for my life. Okay, good night. (laughs) I played basketball for Messiah College. I was good. Thank you very much. Somebody's got to approve of you. Every time I do a credit card, it says approved. I said, wow, somebody's approving of me. I think that's kind of how we need to live. Like, does this credit card? Yeah, he, he gets the credit. Oh! Wow, that was good. Thank you. I gotta get on the thing. This is dangerous. This is juice right here. <laughs> but really, what happened this morning? I played basketball for four years in college basketball. I missed the scoring record by one, but I was all right because I was shooting before three point line. That's how old we are. But Coach Shaker, my coach, was like a father to me. And, uh, Man, he just loved me. Tough, mean. We would beat on one another. But oh, I remember Fort Wayne, playing Fort Wayne, and we lost, and I got a technical. And I came into the locker room swearing a blue streak. Of course, my forefather, eight generations ago, was Jacob Engel. He founded the Brethren Christ denomination as an eighth-generation guy. I was cursing a blue streak. (laughs) And he sat down with me and fathered me and loved me so dearly. And for years, I've longed to see him. And this morning, I was meditating on the scripture, because we're going to do communion today. I was meditating on the scripture. When it says, do this in remembrance of me. Sometimes we see these, it's almost like a high church, do this in remembrance of me. I was reading this and my wife calls me from the airport. And she says, Coach Shaker is coming to be with you today. And all I could do is just wail. more than a juice and cracker ritual. It is actually a remembrance of Jesus. It is his longing to be with us. He sat behind me and I took communion with him today up here surrounding the table of the Lord. And I felt as if in many ways we miss Jesus because he doesn't appear to us in, in, in blazing technicolor. 
Sometimes he does. But sometimes he appears to us in a coach. Sometimes he appears to us in a movie or a book and we weep and we wonder why, why we're weeping. Moses had a burning bush. I had a burning book. It's Jesus calling our name and we miss him. And I think that's the way it is sometimes with communion. We've dialed it down to a ritual. What it meant was meant to be an encounter with the love of the, of the one who came to his disciples and said, I can't tell you how eagerly I have desired to eat this Passover with you. Can we just catch that for us? Maybe today when we take communion, maybe he's not maybe he set the whole thing up for me today to tell me what a communion service feels like to him. Who do you remember in life? You remember those who wounded you and those who lavished intense love on you. Let's remember Jesus today. The one that loves us. Do you get that? What if he actually is right here? Say, man, I could not wait to be with a church that's held communion with me every Sunday for 140 Sundays. Oh, help me now. Come on. Sometimes we got to get out of this low life and get caught up in the wonder of it. Come up here. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we just need to ponder these things. I think God set it up for me to meet Coach Shaker to tell me how much he longs to be with me and he longs to be with you. And in seven days from this communion gathering, I'll be on Pentecost Sunday on the southern steps of the Temple Mount with 110 million people praying for the salvation of Israel. And I'm leading communion with 300 leaders there. We're at the Temple Mount right now. He says, as often as you do this, you proclaim my death until it comes. He's actually saying that communion is the inter, it's the interim reenactment of my death until the final table where we'll all be at that temple mount drinking of his blood and body and rejoicing in the Passover supper does this make sense to you why don't you say with me he's here no it's like you gotta do it like that he's here he's here we're toward prayer gathering in my name there he is. He's here. We need to recapture a sense of awe. We need an awe awakening. We, maybe we've reacted to the Catholic communion, but maybe we've missed something and trying to not to, because of maybe mistakes or issues. Maybe we've dialed it down to a ritual when it was to be a massive memorial of a colossal staggering event. It's true. It's true. It's true. You think about Passover. 
Sometimes we think that Exodus was more powerful than when the real lamb was slain at Passover. Exodus put the blood on, fathers put the blood on the doorposts. And when the angel of death comes by, pass over you. And every firstborn of Egypt was killed. But it wasn't even just that. It said on that day, God judged the gods of Egypt. Come on. Have you ever considered that maybe when Jesus said in chapter 22 of Luke, then came, can't see a thing, the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Communion is a, it is a tie-in to the judgment of the gods at Passover. And when Jesus went to the cross and died, the Lord wants to bring us up into a cosmic understanding of what took place there. You think Passover was something when a lamb's blood was put on the doorpost. What about the lamb who when he went to the cross and said, Father, forgive them and shed his blood. He dislodged principalities and powers. The forces of wickedness were broken. The veil over the whole world was rent. Hallelujah. Give a shout to God. Come up here. Beam me up, Scotty. We live low life. We can't see. But if we can see, we don't take ritual crackers. When I did 40 days with my friends, taking communion, living together in a house, taking communion every day. I was caught, we were caught up in the wonder and I, the Lord Holy Spirit spoke to me. Well, I don't know if he spoke to me, but he led me. He said, I want you to watch nuclear bombs. So I watched nuclear bombs. Whoa, say that. Have you ever watched the Tsar bomb, CZA or the Russian bomb? What power? I'm watching this. And the Lord said, you think that bomb was something? When I went to the cross, I loosed a bomb more powerful than all the principalities. I judged the gods of the whole world. And you take communion for five minutes once a month? No, it is not just a celebration. I felt the Lord speak to me. It's actually... The church is going to get a revelation of the power of communion. And when they begin to move in a spirit of revelation, they will in part begin to reenact that same power that happened at the cross, declaring the victory of the blood over principalities and powers. Brothers and sisters, we had a dream 19 years ago. In the dream, a woman was taking, was on the shores of California. She had a treasure box. She opens it up and words come out of the treasure box. And the words say, Lou Engle now has the gift of faith for the great communion blood revival. That's 19 years ago. Sometimes you don't depend fully on dreams, but they can open your mind to new dimensions of expectation. And I begin to pray for 19 years. What if the great revival at the end of the age is the communion revival? 
Because you see, at the end of the age, it will not be a pulpit at the center of the throne. It will be the lamb at the center of the throne. The whole world is going to be caught up. Every tribe and come around the lamb of God that was slain. Oh, it's epic. And I want us to get caught up in it. I want us to get caught up in the epic dimension of what this is. I believe the last revival is declared and seen in Revelation 12. I saw Michael warring in the heavens. There was war, Michael warring in the heavens. And the devil and his angels are warring in the heavens. I want to speak to that this dimension of the cosmic dimension of the power of the blood, not just the personal dimension of the power of the blood. Would you just lift your hands and say, God, I'm asking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation on the Lamb of God and what the power of the blood and what the cross did. Lord, I'm asking personally, I pray for a spirit of revelation of the blood against the powers of darkness. In Jesus' name, show us, show us. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's this cosmic battle going on in the heavens. We don't see it right away. But it is a battle with one who's called the accuser of the brethren. And in this encounter, we see that the devil and his angels were not strong enough and they were cast down to the ground. And they overcame the accuser of the lamb, uh, uh, accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb. Something is thrown down in a cosmic war at the end of the age. And then you hear a great shout in heaven. Now has come the kingdom and the salvation of our God. This is what the blood does. It throws Satan down and a great shout breaks out because the sky has been cleared by the demonic realms. There is no accuser. So the whole world begins to behold a massive beholding of the Lamb of God. That's how I read it. Chapter 14. I saw an angel flying in mid-heaven proclaiming the everlasting gospel. Why is he flying in mid-heaven? Because the demons have been removed from the second heaven by the blood. Uh, I, 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 I want to be a part of that. That's the greatest revival. Salvation breaks out all over the world, but the devil comes to the earth with great rage because his time is short. I kind of feel we're moving into those days because I believe the church is getting a revelation of the coming great communion revival. We had a dream in 2020. In that dream, it said, declare to Pharaoh, you are my sons in the hearing of Pharaoh. In this dream, there's a declaration. You are my sons. You are my firstborn. You are my princess. The great communion revival cannot be stopped. I want to declare to the pharaohs in the heavens and the pharaohs in our governments. The great communion revival cannot be stopped. The blood of Jesus is victorious. And by the way, the whole book of Revelation is a replay of exit. It's a replay of the judgment of the gods. And if the blood judged the gods of Egypt, maybe the blood judges the gods of America. 
I'm going to share a couple more stories I didn't share this morning. And so I want us to get the personal dimension. How eagerly I have desired. Just close your eyes and say, many of you are going to start taking communion all the time. And I, and I want you, when you take that cup, I want you to hear the voice. How eagerly I have desired to give my body and blood to you. Not a symbol, but an impartation of my whole being. For in me you live and move and have my being. Your being. Receive your desire. How you have desired with desire to eat those the Passover with your original brothers. And you do with us as well. I believe that Jesus gave us communion possibly for the greatest way to connect with him in a sense of tangibility. Help me now. I think you're all thinking, aren't you? When he said, this is my body, this is my blood. And then when he raised from the dead and came through the walls, he said, touch my wounds, touch me. I think in a sense, this is what communion is. It's he wants to touch us and wants him to us to touch him. What if we shifted our whole idea of communion as a ritual with a invitation to encounter? I am convinced Jesus just didn't say, do this as often as you want. If there wasn't a power that he was going to release to give us something of his being and self. And I'm only tapping it. Friend of mine took bread and wine in communion. And he said, I felt the meal come down inside of me and it burned for seven days. And I wept for seven days under the presence Maybe we're entering into a new day of a great communion revival of the whole world. We become the communers. I don't want to talk about the fellowship of the saints. I'd like to talk about the communion of the saints. The Catholics call the whole church, they call it the communion. When I read that recently, I felt in my heart, I want, to, I want the church to be called the communion. Fellowship's like what you get at a hallway, a, a dinner at a hallway, a church fellowship hall. But communion, the communion of the brothers, the communion of the saints. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, the Bible speaks that in the last days there's going to be betrayal. Brothers will dry, rise up against brother, family against family. We're entering into the days of betrayal. But communion was meant for the days of betrayal. On the night he was betrayed, he knows every one of those guys. Ten are going to leave him. Uh, ten are, are, are going to leave him. One's going to deny him. And the other is going to betray him. And yet he still offers bread and blood to these that he knows I believe that communion is going to release a grace for all of those who have been wounded. The spirit that was in Jesus to release forgiveness. 
Hallelujah. Tonight, today, I want to see betrayal broken. That agony. Because Jesus lives inside of you. The one who says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Do you realize at the cross, Jesus showed us the way of the healing of the divisions? The answer is not trying to just work it all out. The answer begins right here. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do without an apology. That's the answer. I'm not saying don't work it out. There is a cry in, in chapter 11, uh, 12 of, of Hebrews. It's the cry of Abel. I've always seen the cry of Abel be, be a cry, a, a cry of Abel to be a cry for judgment because of the bloodshed. And that's true. But a friend of mine recently said, oh, but there's a, I, I see it a, diff, a little different way. It's the cry for justice. That is not a bad cry. The African-American, the Native American cry for justice is not a bad cry. It is actually a righteous cry, but it is not the highest cry. The highest cry is a blood that speaks better. It is the blood that says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What if communion is the key to healing the race? When I'm, I'm doing a holy experiment in Louisville. I believe that communion is the place Listen, if we keep killing one another as brethren accusers, we're all going to die. Where do you find one another? You don't find one another in Democrat and Republican or politics. Even though it has its place, you're going to find one another at the table. And can I just say something about the table? All my life, I grew up in holiness. All my life, I was always afraid to take communion. Oh, I'm going to die. Now, come on, you're laughing because you all have the same thought. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. I'm not taking communion. I think come to the table is, come, everyone. What's the issue with the examination of yourself? It's in the context of guys getting drunk. Time out. I'm not trying to diminish the place of preparation. I am trying to diminish this thought that Jesus says you can't come if you're not worthy. In the Old Testament, they didn't inspect themselves. They inspected the lamb. It's come to the table. Maybe the communion rival. That's what happened in the Moravians. They're all divided and they got together and had a communion service in 1727 and the communion service broke out. The Spirit of God poured out. See, the Spirit witnesses to the blood. Yeah, yeah, uh, anyway, I, I read something today. This book by Bob Perry, The Savor of Communion. And I, I thought this is just really cool. If I can find it. Oh, please. I'm going to find it. Yeah, there it was. I thought I found you for a second. Listen to this little parable. On Joe's birthday, he was ready to blow out his candles. When Phil said... You know, I have a lot of sin in my life. 
I looked in dis- disbelief. I said, this is Joe's moment. It's not about you, Phil. Yes, Phil continues. Sometimes I grow irate with pokey drivers on the road. That's not exactly loving my enemies. I said, can we please talk about this later? I pleaded, let's let Joe blow out his candles and we'll all eat cake. Completely ignoring me, his melancholy diatribe against himself went on, covering sins from elementary school on while the candle wax pulled in the frosting and Joe stood neglected. It didn't actually happen. Welcome to what we do in communion. It's about him. It's about his death and resurrection. It's not about your sins. Come to the table with all your failures and bust that shame off your souls. As I preach, Jesus did not die for 99.9% of your shame. When I heard this story by my, my friend Peter Lewis, it rocked me. Some of us have 1% shame, that one thing that happened in your life where you molested a child and nobody knows. Maybe you did some horrifying thing. Jesus didn't die for 99% of that shame. He died for that 1%. Today, we come to the communion table. Ha, somebody should shout. A hundred pet. The Lord so loved. I, I had a dream a while back, and in the dream, it, 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 I'm not, I gotta get, I, I guess I gotta end the service pretty soon. I, can I keep going on just a little, a little while? But see, listen, I had a dream. I was in a courtroom, and all these people, we're coming to hear the accusations spoken against my life. But in the dream, Mike Bickle, my friend, walks and stands and sits right next to me. And in the dream, the first accusation comes and Mike Bickle jumps up, interrupts the, inter- the, the accusation and he says, he's the Shulamite. You don't know who that is. That's the bride, the beautiful bride of Song of Solomon. I may be dark, but I am lovely to him. Come on. Many waters cannot quench this love. It's a very flame of yaw. Come on. Three times he interrupts. And my son Jacob, I told him, he says, that's your warfare. So when the accusation comes, I'm the Shulamite. I'm the Shulamite. Come on, somebody ought to say it. I'm the Shulamite. By his blood, there is no accusation because the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. One more point. Or ten more. (laughs) Dutch Sheets was given a dream last year. And in this dream, he saw a box that said communion on it. And in the dream, there was a bat in the dream, and it had Ephesians 1.17 written on it. I pray that God would give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Maybe we put communion in a box, and God wants to give us the bat of authority by a spirit of revelation. 
to begin to break the powers of the enemy over our children, over our families, over the transgender, over all these things that are coming. What if God is actually giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I tell you, we're going to discover the power of the blood. I know a woman in Northern California, pastor's wife, one night before the church service, she came, took wine, she poured it out in front, poured it out in front uh, in a line across the, uh, across in front of the, the, uh, the, the church door. That night, a witch was in that meeting. Some guy called her out by name, said, you're a witch. Get out of my head. She flees screaming, runs out the door. The wife, pastor's wife, follows her. And the witch says, I left my purse in there. Would you go get my purse for me? She says, why don't you go get it? She says, you know I can't do that. It's this bloodline. Maybe we've done good to think about communion, but never apply it with authority. God said in that dream, the bat was this. The bat was actually this. It was the bat that would begin to be used to strike Baal and silence his voice. He said this, when you, when you do this, as often as you do this, you proclaim my death until he comes. That's not just said Jesus died. It is a public proclamation that the cross has destroyed the works of the devil. And when we begin to declare that and proclaim it, God begins to shake the principalities and the powers. This is what I'm pondering. I'm in, a, I'm in an exploration. I go back to this and then we'll come in and do communion. It was a night, it was 12 years ago. I was in Redding, California, and I had a dream. And in the dream, I said to Bill Johnson, where can you catch fish along the Sacramento River? And in the dream, he says, you can catch fish where the river turns red. I run down the river, and fishermen are all along the banks, hauling in fish. I woke up, and I knew he was saying, I am going to release the river of the sacrament. I'm going to release the revival of the blood. We'll release the revival of the blood. And then two years ago, I was fasting and praying. And um, I ended up going to um, Israel and led communion in Christ Chapel. No, that was last year. Communion in Christ Chapel with Asher and Trader and Palestinians declaring the victory of the blood came back home and I have a dream and this time again I'm sharing I'm actually in this dream I'm trying to share with Bill Johnson the original dream that I had of the Sacramento River I can't hear him I mean I can't speak it I can't remember the dream because there's headphones on my head and I can't I'm just kind of spitting and frustrated I rip the headphones off my head and I know what that is it's, it's Isaiah 50 I awaken your ear to listen Listen to me, son. I'm speaking to you. And in the dream, I prophesy the dream again. I explode, right? I explode to Bill. I tell him the dream. And I, and I, I begin to shout, it's the great communion revival. And I begin weeping in the dream. When I weep in my dreams, I know the Holy Spirit is witnessing to something that is going on. Because of that, two days later, I got a hold of Bill and Benny, and she was not well with her cancer. 
And I felt in my spirit, my wife said, Lou, I think you're supposed to go take communion with Benny and Bill. I got a hold of Bill. He said, you can come for 20 minutes. We really want you to come, but she's, so, she's not well. I said, I'm coming. I went there. I took communion the night before at the Sacramento River. Kind of freaked out when there was a sign there to say, see these cliffs on the other side, these red cliffs, when it rains, the red dirt goes into the river. And I'm saying, I'm at the place where the river turns red. And next to it was the power station. Oh, you weirdo. It's only weird to skeptics. I, took, I went with, to be with Bill and Benny. And I said to her, I, I've longed to take communion with you. She was, she was alert, but not well. And I, I said, I've come here not primarily to pray for your healing. I've come here primarily that if you pass away, that you would lay your hands upon me. And I will carry your legacy of the book you wrote, The Power of Communion. And she laid, we took communion. She laid her hands upon me. One of the holiest moments of my life. I have come here to carry the legacy of Jesus. Carried through a woman who did communion for years. Maybe I called the dream the Reading of America. I'll bring it down to this because... During the worship service today, I got understanding of where I'm at right now. My dream is to see America turn back to God. I've been on a journey, but I had a dream when witches rose up to curse President Trump. I'm not making a statement about President Trump. I'm making a statement that when witches worldwide rise up to curse the president, you've got to ask the question, why? He ended up being the Wilberforce that ended Roe v. Wade. He gave it three judges. And you say, well, I don't like the guy. You may not like the guy. I understand. But the fact is, Roe v. Wade is no more. And we stood in front of the Supreme Court, a team for 18 years, five days a week, in front of the blood altar of America, pleading the blood of Jesus and taking communion and declaring the victory of the blood over that blood altar. Maybe there is a blood for 100,000 LGBTs. Maybe there is a blood for all the transgender. Maybe there is a blood. Not maybe, there is. There is a blood. So, because of this dream, because, uh, uh, because of these witches, I went to Estes Park to fast and pray. I said, God, do you want me to do anything about this? And I have a dream. And in this dream, I see women coming from everywhere. Young, old, mothers. And it's a revival. I'm the only guy there. I got an old Bible. I now know what it means. He's calling me to be a Mordecai. Because they were all coming to hear the book of Esther be taught. And in the dream, this woman is teaching the book of Esther. And she says, and these two words in the book of Esther actually mean Nazgul. 
boom, I explode out of the dream and instantly I know what it means because I watched the Lord of the Rings. The third part, the Nazgul witch king is destroying the armies of men. But the woman takes off her helmet and says, I am no man. She pierces the Nazgul. And I knew the Lord was speaking. Women will rise up in America who will have authority over witchcraft, that feminine demonic spirit. Come on. Let the Esters arise. And I don't have time to go. But next year, 2024, we launched a dream of a million women going to the mall in D.C that maybe Esther could actually shift the decrees of Haman, could actually break witchcraft and give us a new day. How do you know? I don't know, but neither did Esther and neither did Joel. Who knows for such a time as this? Who knows? I don't know, but I'd rather go down believing than living in the negative negativity of unbelief. Let us rise and believe in the great God, the God who is able. And I thought, oh, this morning, that's Benny's legacy. Women who are doing led communion. What if we took communion on that day? And that Me Too movement, oh, I don't probably shouldn't go there. Some of their things were right. The abuse of men. But they would not let a pro-life feminist speak on that stage because blood, the blood altar of abortion is demanded by the witches, by the demonic realms. What if this thing that happened with the legacy is a million women who take communion, lift up the blood of the lamb and, and declare the victory of the blood over witchcraft. Come on, who knows? Let's go. I want to believe that this church launches today. You've already been doing it. A great communion revival. Mobilize the whole state of Pennsylvania. Water the seed with the blood of the Lamb. And let's believe God for the outrageous. Stand with me. I want you to come forward. I want you to gather around me, kind of like a, 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 a symbol that there is a Lamb at the center of the throne. Not a point. Jam in here as tight as you can. Come around, everybody. Whenever if you want to How many of you feel faith in your heart? Yes. See, this is what the prophetic does. It doesn't give you all the answers, but it creates an expectation that maybe God has a different plan. Out of Egypt, it says, by a prophet they were brought out of Egypt, and by a prophet they were sustained. The prophetic ignites the church with passion, faith, because it causes them to think differently, rather than all this negativity and brethren accusers. Give us prophets with a moral vision, prophets with hearts that can move the masses. Great leaders give articulation to that which is being groaned in the masses. God, raise up leaders. Raise up leaders of the great communion revival right out of this place in Jesus' name. On the night Jesus was betrayed. Right now, I just simply want to believe that when we take communion today, God is going to deliver you from the agony of your betrayal.
Lift your hands and say, God, I'm going to receive the grace to actually break bread with those who have wounded me. Because you, Jesus, led the way. Would you lift your voice before principalities and powers and say, I will not be dominated. I will not be dominated by bitterness. I declare in the heavens what you declared. Father, forgive them. Say it with me. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Say it again. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Rather than political bitterness and rage, I think we need to start declaring over even the worst of our governments. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We must fight for justice, but we cannot become the beast. We cannot become like the beast we're trying to destroy. When you fight for justice without the oil of the relationship of the Holy Spirit and forgiveness, you become like the beast you're trying to destroy. You can actually win the war for justice and lose the battle for your own soul. Oh, come on. Say, he's here. How I have desired. How I have desired to eat this Passover as often as you do it. Oh, brothers and sisters, he wants to give us his body and his blood. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to encounter. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and said, this is my body that was broken for you. David fleeing from Saul goes to the priest and says, do you have bread? And the priest said, we have no common bread, only the bread of his presence. This is not common bread. Come on, lift it up. This, this is not common bread. We've made it common. This is not common. This is the bread of his presence. Take and eat the body of Christ. God into your being and the night he was betrayed he took the cup and he blessed it and said this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the sins of many maybe we need to ponder that we're the betrayer when we consider those who betrayed us. We've all betrayed. And Jesus forgives the sins of many. Recently, I asked my little grandchild, five years old, Grandpa, can we take communion? I think he wanted the juice. <laughs> and I talked about this 99.9% of shame. And I said, Jesus forgives all our sins. And he holds up the cup and he says, Jesus forgives all my sins. Let's be like a little child. Come on. We receive the blood of Jesus that breaks all accusation. Enough of the 1%. Hallelujah. Take the blood of Jesus. Receive it. Amen. 
And right now, as the church of the firstborn, the ecclesia of the firstborn, the assemblies of righteous men made perfect with innumerable company of angels, we come to a blood that speaks better. We stand in that heavenly realm, we see the Lamb at the center of the throne, surrounded by multitudes, millions and millions and millions. And we declare that as often as we do this, we declare your death until he comes. Tonight, today we declare the victory of the blood. Shout it with We declare the victory of the blood over the pharaohs of our own souls, over our children. We draw a bloodline around our children over the pharaohs of this state, over the pharaohs of this nation, we declare the Lord reigns and the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. Shout it with me. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It is finished. Lou, would you, we're so glad you're here. We just want to speak some things here. Lou, you've led us in this moment. And I just want to say this to everybody. And then there's a specific word for you in this commission. But you understand, in a mystery, we've eaten him, body and blood, soul and divinity, it's not chemical, it's not physical, it's in a mystery. But you're carrying body and blood, soul and divinity of the creator of the universe who judged every God. And when you go out, it's Christ in you, is the hope of glory for this city, for your family, for your business, for this state, for the nations of the world. It's the hope the confident expectation and the release of who he is. He's present in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You, you have just received the perfect sacrifice again, again. And it's not like he's being crucified again, but it's renewed in its reality in you because every relationship demands regular reinforcement and renewal of that love. It's person to person. His love has filled you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lou, first of all, I felt this word for you during first service worship. First of all, representing the next generation here, I just want to say thank you for giving language and a stirring to the things that it's on our hearts and we just want to honor that catalytic anointing that you've you've lived out so well and raising a generation after you and this is what the lord began to speak to me for you in this season i hear the words of the commissioning of peter and part of this you've walked in so well already and this is from matthew 16 i say to you that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it. I just want to speak this again over you. You are Lou Engel. And on this revelation of your life, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. 
But at the end of the, the ministry of Peter and the, the interactions of Peter and Jesus, there's a second commissioning. And I feel this second commissioning on your life at this time. And the second commissioning was simply this, feed my sheep. And this has always been received as a pastoral commissioning, but it's not. It is a call to the feast of the table of communion over Peter. This is how he would build the church of God, that the gates of Hades will not prevail against this call to the church of God to be fed at this communion table. So Luego, feed my sheep so that the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Luego, feed my sheep. And I saw that in this feeding, that there was a participation of the patterns of heaven. Because you see, the temple and the tabernacle in the Old Testament was built after the pattern that was in heaven. But we are now called to be the temple, the holy temple of God. And as we gather to this holy communion, we become that pattern. We become the participation of the pattern that is in heaven at this time. Participating in the patterns of heaven. It is a calling together the royal priesthood. It is a gathering together a holy nation. And I feel it's significant right now that you're, there's a commissioning out of the capital city of Harrisburg for next week to be in Jerusalem. And I feel that there's this key of David that will come upon you as you're in Jerusalem this time. It says in Isaiah 22, then it shall be in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim. Eliakim means I will, God will establish it. In that day that I will call my servant Lu. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no one shall open. You know what's interesting is this was a commissioning to Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the key of David. But as you return to Philadelphia, says the Lord, with this key of David from Jerusalem, there will be a commissioning to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and he who shuts and no one opens. So we speak to you and we bless you. Can we stretch our hands out to, to Lou? Feed my sheep so that the gates of hell will not prevail against Jerusalem, so that the gates of hell will not prevail against America, so that the gates of hell will not prevail against the nations of the earth. It is the call of John the Baptist with the commission of Peter. So we bless you from here to gather the generation, the masses, the multitudes, to continue to gather to this holy table in Jesus' mighty name.
not sure if you're able, but your wife has asked you to pray for those who are under 25. Therese wants you to pray for those who are under 25. Okay. My wife is always taking care of me when she's not around. And she said, would I please pray for those under 25? I want to, want to give a word. We had a dream given to us. And we saw in this highest upper room a book that said the key to praying for all nations. And in the dream, an old man was writing on a scroll, Isaiah 25, 6 through 8. And in the dream, it said, in the dream, I mean, this is how the scripture is, is on this mountain, I will hold a feast of fine wines and rich foods and meats. And I will remove the shroud of death. I got a word from him. The shroud of death over all nations. But in the dream, he saw that part of the scripture where it says, I will hold a feast of fine wines. He saw it as a communion service. It's the interim between the final day. And I felt like the Lord speak to me. I'm going to pray for those 25 and under. The key to praying for all nations is to direct your heart to that temple mount, to the salvation of Israel and the power of communion and the blood. I believe that what we're doing right now could begin to release and break the shroud of death over the schools of America. I want to launch a movement that kids in high schools and colleges would go to their schools and begin to take communion and put the blood on their doorpost because the police are working. The guns will never be. Folks, there's only one answer. We have hated blood. We have loved bloodshed. Therefore, bloodshed's pursuing us. There's only one answer. That's the blood. 25 and under, come. I'm going to commission you. Just, yeah. Thank you, Trez, for sending this. Because I felt a word from the Lord. I'm commissioning you to, t- to release the communion revival in your schools. What if kids would be taking communion every day on their quads, in their schools? Someone's going to lead it. Maybe it's your defining moment right now. Did you hear me, you guys? What if we do this? Because... The shroud of death is hanging over your whole generation. Suicide, fentanyl, God, over and over the stuff that is going on, the death in schools. Father, I pray right now and I commission Isaiah 25 to the 25 and under. I commission you in the name of Jesus to carry this communion blood revival. Right now, I call forth leaders who will step out of this message and not forget it, but they will move forward and say, I'll lead that movement. I'll take that on. Women, girls, young ladies, men, strong, the Esters. I call forth the Esters as a Mordecai. Carry Benny Johnson's legacy. In Jesus' name, I commission you from this point. 
Just lift your hands, you guys. Just say, God, I commission you. Carry the great communion revival. In my dream, the Esther dream, I was most taken by, it was young girls that God was marking. So Lord, we thank you for a spiritual transaction right now. Reach up and grab it. You may not feel anything, but I grab. I refuse to be docile in the days of Christ. while back I know it's going on but you're you don't have any children in children's ministry some time ago I wasn't doing well I'd lost my fire and I had a dream and Michael Koulianos I shared this yesterday didn't I? Michael Koulianos came into me in a dream he runs Jesus ministry Sometimes we miss it. It was Jesus in the dream. Time out. Help me now. We miss him. Remember him. Go through your journals. Go through every part of your journey. And look what Jesus was appearing to you. But you did not recognize him like on the road to Emmaus. But in the breaking of the bread, your eyes suddenly understand. He gave him a history lesson. Yeah, in the dream he says how are you doing Lou and in the dream I said I'm doing fine but I knew that my soul was not fine and he says tomorrow morning I will give you a revelation from Psalms 25 I wake up I go to Psalms 25 the secret of the Lord is those who fear me and he will show him his covenants I love that verse but it didn't strike me but the next verse struck me and it says and the next verse says, my eyes are continually on the Lord and he will pluck my feet from the net. And the Holy Spirit exploded in me. The internet. You've lost your fire because you're living in the internet. This is a word from God to a whole generation. How are you going to be a voice when you're listening, listening to every other voices, Instagram and all I'm not saying don't shut down your internet, but I shut it down. I said, God, I shut down Safari because I don't want to be a man that is compromised in my soul. Father, I pray for this young generation that they will make war. The 25, the Isaiah 25 and the Psalm 25 commissioning, they will get a voice because they lived in the deserts of preparation rather than in this demonic not even demonic, but the world of constant noise. How do you get a voice when you're in a, vo- in a noise? Father, I pray, raise up prophets right among this place with burning hearts. Give, Lord, with declaring war on that which keeps our soul from burning. In Jesus' name, I commission you. Now, don't get into legalism, but if God tells you to shut it down, shut it down and watch God will send fire on your offering.